Good evening, everyone. Welcome to the Alamo Draft House in Richardson and the March installment of Airtime. Now, I have a, it's a great crowd here tonight, so I want to ask how many of you have no idea what Airtime is and are just here for this movie? So just a few of you, so welcome. So you're probably wondering what in the heck people are standing or sitting rather in front of you. Um, Airtime is the Arts Incubator of Richardson and we, as I will read when we actually start the podcast part of the evening, we uh, invite creative guests uh, from Richardson in the North Texas area to uh, talk about their work and the creative life. And then we feature a unique movie uh, in c collaboration with the Alamo Drafthouse. So that's why we're up here. So welcome, and we hope you'll find the uh, opening uh, before the film interesting. Uh, as I said, welcome to Airtime, presented by the Arts Incubator of Richardson in partnership with the Alamo Drafthouse Cinema in Richardson, Texas. Airtime is an interview series featuring artists and creative thinkers in Richardson and the Dallas-Fort Worth area. Airtime is funded in part, gratefully, through the generosity of Eric and Deanna Weiss with Wealthstar Advisors and through generous support of the City of Richardson Cultural Arts Commission. It is March 12th, 2019. Please help it, me in welcoming our guest for this evening, someone who you've probably seen ducking in and out of uh, various airtimes, if you've been to an airtime before, because she is the official photographer of airtime, Miss Kathy Tran. So it sounds like many of you, most of you uh, know Kathy, and uh, I have had the, the great pleasure over the past several years of getting to know uh, and work with Kathy. Um, in an article that was uh, written about Kathy, she is quoted, actually, I think, believe it's um, George Bernard Shaw saying, life isn't about finding yourself, life is about creating yourself. And, uh, and certainly, uh, as an artist myself and appreciating Kathy's art, uh, it's a very interesting sort of uh, road in between uh, finding your creativity and just going out and making it happen. So, um, so much of your story, I think, seems to be a, a summation of the path of all of the various good and bad and challenging and loving and wonderful and uh, things that have happened to you. So tell us a little bit about yourself, your background, your childhood, um, and uh, your, especially your early life with your parents. Hi guys, thanks for being here. I'm super honored to be here since I'm always shooting and it's different for me to be up here. But um, I am an artist. I started as a visual artist, so like collages and uh, paintings and drawings. Um, and I've done that since I was like in sixth grade, moving forward. But um, I actually wouldn't have had the opportunity to continue being an artist if I had not gotten adopted unofficially by my white parents. And it didn't sound racist when I was younger when I said that. But now that I'm older, it doesn't sound right. <laughs> uh, so I was in sixth grade and um, I came from a abusive background because my Asian parents had a hard time assimilating with the American culture and I'm the firstborn uh, American here. So um, I, I wanted to be an artist and that was something that's not uh, approving, especially in the Vietnamese culture where they want you like to be a doctor or a lawyer. Um, 
so I went through a, a lot of rebellious stages because my parents had a hard time assimilating, so they didn't know how to parent appropriately. Um, so it, it got me into a lot of uh, dark times, but I had a elementary school counselor that kept up with me, Connie, which is now my white mom. I was the president for my elementary school, so I was able to work with her um, often. And by the time I got to my freshman year of high school for the art magnet at Richardson High School, um, they actually kind of took me in because my white parents, uh, like my white dad, Dale, he worked from home. So they were like, come stay with us for, um, for a night uh, because Dale can take you to school the next day. Come stay for another night, another night. And I ended up, you know, painting my room red with them and, like, moving in and making it onto their will. So, <laughs> um, so I had the opportunity to pursue that because I got to experience what um, having a healthy family was like. Now, what was the reaction from your biological parents to these infiltrators, <laughs> these interlopers, <laughs> so these marvelously <laughs> wonderful people? <laughs> I definitely think it was hard for my parents to let me go, but I know that they um, appreciated that someone has taken me in and um, took care of me. And they knew that I would have more opportunities with them because they would take me out to more uh, cultural events, you know, plays, um, talk shows, just anything around town. And that's really different, especially like with my Asian parents. They can't even drive on the highway, you know. Now, I mean, it, it, that seems like such a, a core value of, of the, just the immigrant experience. You know, the, you, you talk about the people coming from South America who are walking thousands of miles just to get to a better life for them and, and, and their children. What brought your parents here? The war. So my grandpa was, um, was in the Army, and he worked for the Americans, and he was in charge of teaching um, self-defense. After... Vietnam won. He went to jail for seven years. My grandma has eight children. My mom is the oldest. So when he got out of jail, they flew the entire family to Houston, um, and they just wanted a better life. But you, you had remarked they didn't really assimilate. I think I read that your father does not speak English. My, my dad doesn't speak that much English. My mom's picked up a lot over the, over the years. So a very insular community. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so because they didn't speak English, I missed out on a lot of pop culture. Like, bless my white parents, they tried really hard to catch me up, but I keep falling asleep on black and white movies <laughs> with now, no sound. Yeah, but I, I mean, certainly black and I'm just thinking black and white movies would be a wonderful way to learn about visual structure and images and creating images. Mm -hmm. um, how did you go from painting into photography? How did you, when did you first start in photography? Um, okay, so when I was in sixth grade, I had an aunt that shared a room with me for six months, and I would steal her Sony um, point-and-click camera, and I thought it was just really cool to be able to capture something. I continued visual arts, um, and I make this joke all the time now that I got into photography because it's a faster pace, evolving medium because I don't have enough time to wait for paint to dry. And it, so if you had time for paint to dry, mm -hmm. what, how, what would your painting style be like? I would say I'm into more uh, multimedia, so it would be collages and painting and maybe some of my photographs cut out and putting it in there. Now, does your, does your photography reflect that? Uh, multimedia? I, would, I think so because I think part of um, 
the aesthetics of my photography uh, has a lot of uh, design elements into them, so there's uh, a lot of like graphic design feels to it. So creating, you, you, how much of, of when you're creating a shot, how much of it is creating the environment, the lighting, the set, the <laughs> color drape, the mm -hmm. whatever is, is in front versus just capturing that right moment? So because I photograph such a wide range of different types of photography, there's a lot of things that go into it. When it's breaking news, I'm just out there shooting with whatever available light there is, and I have to work on my feet. Um, if it's uh, food or portraiture, I try to light my um, portraits well so that I don't have to edit it that much later on. Because I think um, lighting is the one of the coolest things that I like about photography because um, I use light as an adjective. So the way you light a person or food or a, even interiors for a room brings out what you're trying to say about that subject. So uh, when we were speaking, you talked about... Um this tension in your early life and, 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 and some tough experiences. How has that tension, I think you, you, you used the term a split life, how has that uh, informed your art, changed you as an artist? So I actually spent about a decade with my Asian parents and then about another decade with my white parents. Now I'm on my third decade, but on my own, so I get to see all the nurture and nature versus things that are popping up in my life. But when I was living with my white parents, I was still um, building a relationship with my Asian parents, and actually we've merged and become like one big family. But I think uh, what has helped me a lot was just being able to see such a drastic um, ex split life that I lived because they were just so far apart because like I went from like a blue collar home to like a gated community, and that was like really different for me. Um, they were just so different in every aspect, like educationally, um, class-wise, like culturally, just everything about it was opposite. And I would have to go from different extremes. And I was telling you, like, earlier, um, as a minority, it's, and I see it with my friends too, but I think I lucked out and I think people don't think about this, but because I was adopted by, like, my white family, it gave me a lot more, like, um, comfort and confidence to do business with other people outside of my own race. Um, you know, like, it's scary to, like, talk to white people uh, because you, you don't know, like, the, the etiquette or how the business works with other people. And um, so that's a, that's a real thing. Yeah, I mean, I think those, those customs and etiquettes are built as, as a child. You learn how to say please and thank you and shake hands mm -hmm. and look people in the eye or not. Or, so I could see how uh, you would have to learn all of those new. Mm -hmm. um, so so if, if your photographic journey to now has been a summation of your life experiences, where do you think, what kind of photographer or artist do you think you'll be in 30 years? So I think I've already picked something that allows me to evolve. I, I like to call myself a photojournalist because I'm lo always looking for a story. And when you're a photojournalist, like, the umbrella is so huge. And that's why I chose to go into photojournalism um, and still do, like, commercial work on the side. So are you saying that, um, so, so what, do you, what is the difference between a, an image that tells a story and one that may just be beautiful? Or is there a difference? Um, I think 
they could be both. An image can tell a story and be beautiful. Um, I think some images are just beautiful because cameras are so cheap and iPhone photos are, the quality is so great. So there's a lot of beautiful pictures, but I think sometimes it's missing substance. And then there's a lot of images that um, are really interesting, but the quality's not as great. So it's, it's just the balance of the two. So if, it's, if, you're, if, you're, uh, if you're standing in the background of a gallery show of, of your work, what do you want people to say about your work? What words do you want to come out of their mouth? Mm, probably something like, you know, I, I probably would have never seen that um, scene if I hadn't seen the, the photos that I had because it's a, um, it's a view into what I was blessed to be able to capture with the different lifestyle that I lived. So when we were talking earlier, when we were talking in preparation, you, you described yourself as fearless. How, where is it that you have, where did you learn this fearlessness and how do you think it uh, has affected your artistic path? I think as a artist, I, um, I think I'm a little bit more successful only because I love business just as much as I love photography. And during that rough period of my time, I was homeless for a little bit because I was going in between homes. And I think, you know, you, you build tough, tough skin and like, you know, when your dad isn't always supportive and, um, you know, you just get stronger from that. And so because I've, I feel like I've lived through hell already that everything else just seems so easy and you just know how to confront things a lot easier and it's not a lot of things are scary to me. What does it take to be a, I mean, a, a business person as an artist? What's a, what skills, what advice do you give to artists who want to actually make a living, make a life out of it? So many, so many tips. So I think um, with the kind of job that I have, because I shoot so many different things, I'm dealing with different personalities every day. When I go into a, um, a shoot, I'm meeting them for the first time or they're my client, or it's for a story. So you have to be able to like read people very quickly, and, um, be, and I try to like match their, their vibe as well, um, and just making people comfortable, all while setting up your lights, thinking about how to be creative, making sure you get the whole shot list. So I think um, being people-oriented is really important, and being able to deal with every personality on your feet is important. And how do you get your next, how do you get your next job? So I don't necessarily advertise, but that's part of the reason why I love working in um, the journalism world is because it's like just free advertising. My stuff gets printed like every day. So people see my name and um, I think that gives me credibility and um, it's mostly word of mouth or uh, social media. So what, what was your most recent thing published? Um, so I just shot a um, artist, Gary Clark Jr. He's from Austin, and uh, I shot him in Austin uh, for Billboard magazine. So that was my latest shoot, and that was really cool because three years ago, I got to shoot Leon Bridges from Fort Worth for Billboard magazine, and that was my first um, job for Billboard, too. So now I got to do another one. And they just call you back. Yeah, they called me back, and I was super excited. So it seems that your, your high school years were very transitional and formative and, and you were really able to, to blossom as both a person as an, and an artist. Mm -hmm. uh, tell, tell us about your high school experience and 
So um, since we're in Richardson, I went to Forest Ridge Elementary, West Junior High, which is an art magnet, and then Richardson High School, another art magnet. Uh, I think I, I lucked out on so many different instances in my life, especially with where I am today, because, for instance, when I was going through my rough time as an eighth grader, ninth grader, transitioning in between homes, I actually, you know, was in the mental hospital for a weekend, which made me miss my portfolio review for my high school. And when you get into a program like that, that means you're in a program with other students for four years, so it's, it becomes like a family. Um, so I missed the portfolio, but my eighth grade art teacher spoke with that high school teacher and said, hey, you have to take her. Like, I know she doesn't have that much work right now, and she didn't make it to the interview, but you have to give her a chance. So, you know, there's, you know that's, that's a, my life could have been different if it wasn't like that. You know, um, and I spent all of my years at Richardson High School um, trying to do my best and pursue art and um, I think I was really proud by the end because I, uh, my work made it into the Dallas Museum of Art um, junior and senior year, which was like a um, record-breaking thing that Dallas Morning News wrote about and won People's Choice Award two years in a row. And that's crazy to me that that happened. And they were all for different things. First year was for painting. The other was for photography. And I think, you know, as a high school student, that probably gave me the most confident in the world to move forward to go to college. And it was the O'Donnell Foundation with the Dallas Museum of Art. And one of my dreams is to fund that one day, too. What a great testament of good public education. And what a great gem we have here in Richardson. My son also went to Richardson, is in Richardson School District, too. And so speaking of that, what are your feelings about art education, teaching art? Is it something that can be taught? How much, how much of it do you have to bring as your innate talent? I think learning the basic elements of design is the most important thing. Um, but I think if they're going to put artists out, we need to be teaching them how to do taxes. <laughs> so no one told me that. You know, and I've been working really hard to pay quarterly <laughs> and not get caught or anything, you know? Well, what about, I mean, what about the actors? Just, just, I mean, in, do you need to take photography classes to be a good photographer or painting classes or get a college degree? I think it's what people make most out of what they're doing because I didn't finish college. I, I did go to school. I went to Brookhaven College. Oh, cool. And, oh, hey, Jessica. And... I um, immediately got into photojournalism because I got onto their school newspaper, and that wasn't a part of my degree or anything, but that extracurricular activity that I did shaped where my career went. Um, it uncovered my love for photojournalism, and I think being able to get hands-on experience um, is a lot more valuable for me because a lot of my friends um, graduated college and I felt like, oh, no, I don't have a degree. I don't have a real job. Um, but turns out it really worked out for me because my business had snowballed while I was in college. And I don't have to keep looking for jobs. And I can say no to people that I don't want to work with. So with being a freelancer, there's just so much more control uh, with the projects that you take on. Hmm. So... Uh, so um Tell us about one of your early projects before you, you know, 
were, photograph were photographing regularly for Billboard. One of those early shoots where you had to fake it till you made it. Okay, so um, I worked for a online company where I shot street styles three times a week for three years, all strangers, people out in the street. Um, I would take 15 minutes to take pictures of them, like their whole outfit, and then I interview them, and then I post them. And like that pays like $15. But I did three a week, and I took on a lot of assignments like that. And the pay, it didn't really matter to me because it was the experience and the people that I kept meeting. And so um, I just remember those days because that's where I started stacking all the types of photography I did. So when I first started the journalism work, doing street styles, I shot music. And I would be at music shows late till 2, 3 a.m. and getting street styles. Um, and then um, I even went on tour with a, with a rapper once. You want to know about that? Sure. <laughs> okay, so it was 3 a.m. at Trees in Deep Ellum. I was shooting this guy named Gunplay. Uh, so I get home at 3 a.m. and I wake my white dad up and I say, hey, I gotta, I gotta go on tour. Is it okay if I go? And, <laughs> and he's like, what? Like, is this safe? Is it okay? But he trusted me. So the next day, my white dad drives me to the hotel that Gunplay and his entire crew um, was already in the van and they're getting ready to leave. Um, Gunplay and the manager comes out, introduces themselves to my white dad and Gunplay goes, hi, my name is Richard. And this is a guy that has, like, tattoos all over his face, dreadlocks, like, um, you know, a tank top on. So uh, just the way he changed his demeanor was, like, really hilarious. And I got to see, like, the rapper lifestyle. So we went on tour through Texas in a couple of cities. Um, it's not glamorous. It's not luxurious because we're eating fast food and we're in a van getting shuttled to the next place, like circus animals. Um, I would see, like, a girl go into his room. And then the next morning I would say, hey, good morning, to another girl. So just all these di different experiences that I got to um, be a part of has been so random. I know about the rapper life. <laughs> yeah, we can, we can tell from your general demeanor yeah. what, a, what a thug um, you are. Oh, you know what? When we were in Houston, we had a little bit of downtime, so we went to the Galleria Mall. And there's like five really tall, dark men with me. And we were walking through the mall, and they want to get watches because that's what rappers do. And everyone keeps looking at me like, well, who is that? Is that um, Hannah Montana or is that uh, Miley Cyrus? Like, who is this girl with blonde hair at the time? Um, and it looked like they were my bodyguards. <laughs> so people would come up and like, can I get your autograph? I was, I'm, I'm just a photographer. <laughs> I'm just a photographer. I am the photographer, she said. So, so what about a, a strange or, or weird photo shoot? Maybe we, we can get, get back to that. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> um, so uh, how many people here have, have iPhones or smartphones with phones with cameras on them? Pretty much everyone. So what advice would you, because we all are photographers now, just like you mm -hmm. said. What advice can you give these photographers out here to take better pictures? Just use natural light. This is the best thing that you could do. And keep going. Um, learn your elements of design, get beautiful hand models, get pretty people up in front of the camera. That makes things a lot easier because all your photos will look great. great. <laughs> Just get prettier people. <laughs> so um, are, what, uh, what new projects, what, what's exciting in your, in your work right now? 
Okay, so I just started an online magazine. I don't want to call it a blog because I'm not a blogger. I worked really hard to be a photojournalist, but that's a whole other conversation because there's a lot of great areas to that. Um, my online magazine is something that I just recently set up for myself long term because I shoot for seven different publications in town and then have a lot of my own clients. Um, and I want to eventually get out of Dallas or get more work outside of Dallas. I had to create my own platform that um, where I can show my work that I've shot internationally, um, my food stuff. Um, I also give tips on there on photography, drone stuff. And it's something that I run with my boyfriend, Daniel. So <laughs> that he changed my life too. In what way? He cooks, he cleans, he fixes my car. I haven't touched the trash in like two years. This is I'm great. an independent woman, but I just don't take out the trash. <laughs> and where did you meet? Uh, we met on Tinder. <laughs> Our first date, I drove to Houston to meet with him. Nice. He and thought it was, that was a little weird. Was he a photographer <laughs> as well? Um, he was actually a food scientist, and now he's uh, transitioned into multimedia, so he does all the drone work and all the back-end work that I don't like the technical stuff, so he handles all that now. Hmm. Yeah. So obviously we have a, a, a crowd of friends and family, family of choice of, of Kathy. <laughs> so uh, one of the, as, I, as I was preparing questions, I was like, I bet you all know a whole lot more better questions that you'd like to, or stories that you would like to ask Kathy. So if it would, let's take a little time uh, for questions from the audience or, and you give questions to Kathy for the audience or, or stories uh, that we haven't, uh, great stories of Kathy that we have not talked about. Embarrassing stories are welcome. Uh -huh. <laughs> oh. This is my eighth grade art teacher that helped me get into the Richardson High School art magnet. Yes. Uh, is this on? Okay. Yeah, I had Kathy for her bad year. Uh, and one thing that I remember that really helped and got you started was when you did the 365 uh, self-portrait project. So can you tell people about that? Yes. Okay, so that was actually the first project... I did, as a photographer, um, I got a camera, and I decided to do a self-portrait of myself uh, for 365 days. And that was tough, because sometimes I was sick, and I would just take a photo of my foot, and i call that a self-portrait. But that helped me a lot in just learning um, how to use what I had, get really creative, and once you're able to just photograph yourself, you can photograph anybody. Uh, and that, that really changed um, the game for me, because I was able to... Um, get better at my editing and experimenting with Photoshop. So, and that is a advice that I give to like a lot of people is to start a 365 uh, day project because you have to push yourself for that. And it takes a lot of energy to try to be creative every day. What was the strangest day? It was so far back, it was like 10 years ago. Um, just uh, when I'm sick, I would take pictures of my toes Oh, you have a favorite? Yeah, I think it was from that. It was when you were laying on your bed, uh -huh. picking up the bed skirt. Oh, okay. Seeing, was that Vietnam? So there's a, there's a picture of me that made it. This is the one that made it to the Dallas Museum of Art that was in my 365 project. It's a picture of me um, on top of my 
bed, lifting up the uh, blanket, and underneath was like Chinatown. So it looked like I had a whole nother world and city underneath my, my bed, and that was for um, just getting out of bed is a choice. That's what I called it, because um, it takes a lot of energy, and that is a choice that you make that's, um, that is a big deal to keep moving forward. Can you tell them about the sixth grade interview that I had going into junior high? So this is when she was interviewing me. I'm not quite sure exactly what you're talking about. I remember going to your school. Yeah, and then my interview was like all around the school. Yes, and Kathy, you know, we went to every school to interview kids um, to possibly select them to come into the junior high program. And Kathy was the only student we interviewed that took us on a tour of school and showed us everything that she had created in the school. And bill, or not billboards, bulletin boards, bulletin projects, boards. Yeah. where she did student council. And <laughs> there were two other kids that didn't get to talk much because Kathy was, uh, <laughs> had a bigger show to show. <laughs> And when I think back about that, that sounds really fearless. Because, like, think about it. You're 12 years old. You're bringing these strangers around, and you're saying, hey, this is the bulletin board I did. Who else has got a story over here? Okay, so this is, oh, might be embarrassing. This is my Never. Girl Scout leader uh, when I was younger, Mrs. Stacy. Hi, I'm Stacy, and I got honored to be Kathy's Girl Scout leader from third grade on up and it was such a blessing. Um, she's not making any of the multicultural stuff up. And I just wonder, with all of the traveling you do, have you improved your luggage management? Because I can tell you guys, with one of the campouts we went on, oh. um, I did not have an SUV, but she brought a dresser <laughs> with roller uh, wheels on the bottom and was, we had to find a way to stuff it into my trunk because she could not live without anything that was in that dresser. It was a plastic bin where yeah. it had wheels and you can pull and it she out. she had like beauty supplies. I was like, who are you getting beautiful for? There are no boys at this party. She's like, what? So uh, we had a lot of fun, a lot of great trips. I am so very proud of her. Um, just watching her grow up, and at one point when she was trying for student council or class president, she's like, do I get a patch for this? <laughs> so it's just wonderful watching you grow up. I'm so proud of you. Thank you. I did get better because <laughs> one of the things that I did to live this kind of lifestyle that I do, because every day is so unpredictable, I wear all black every single day. And it just makes things a lot easier, and that's just like the minimalist uh, side of me. Um, and I think that makes everything easier because you can get dressed in the dark. And you can do one whole load of black clothes. And you never get a second chance to make a first impression. So, <laughs> any other questions or anecdotes? What's your dream assignment? What is your dream assignment as a photographer? I wish I got paid and hired to go back to um, Vietnam. I went to Vietnam last year. I'm Vietnamese for the first time where I got to meet my extended family. I photographed their coffee farm um, and I got to see like a baby picture of me across the world huh. that they had of me because I was the firstborn, and I didn't know how important that was. I wish I was, uh, those are the kind of assignments that I would like to do, is to show these areas of the world that you can't really get to. Like not a lot of people know about this coffee farm. They don't have tours or anything like that, and just the way they lived and um, the way I got to like connect with them and get to know my culture better that's like my dream assignment is to, I'm giving myself my dream assignments right now. 
that's why I started the online magazine. Because I can't wait for Time Magazine to like hit me up. I don't know when they're going to do that. So I have to do it now and show them and then hope I you know, catch a big fish. That was last, that was last month's movie. <laughs> there was one over catch here. A fish. Question? Oh, this is my sixth grade art teacher that pushed me to go into my junior high art school. And that was also life-changing because that was the first step of being an artist. I had to leave all of my friends as a sixth grader and, and try something new. Hi, Kathy. I'm glad to see you. The thing that I remember most, just what she was talking about, wearing all black and the contrast, her artwork always had high contrast, which for elementary, they just... They don't get it, but she had an innate sense of contrast, and here she is wearing the black and white once again. <laughs> so her style you know, started sixth grade on, so I think that's just yeah. phenomenal. What, how do we get a hold of your online magazine? Do you give a... Give yeah, a it's um, kathytramx.com. kathytramx.com. It took like six months to put together, and that was what I was doing as a side project. So, uh, obviously, you, you're, everything has, has sort of brought you to this point, but if you could go back in time to your 13 or 15-year-old self, what advice would you give yourself? I wish I would have started shooting with um, lights even sooner because my career changed about two and a half years ago when I took the chance and learned how to use um, lights, like these things right here on the side, when the light is not on the camera, it's not flat, so you want more dynamic lighting by having it on the side. And that was really, um, that was so um, liberating to try because you have so much more control with um, the lighting. It's so much stronger. It doesn't matter what time of the day it is. So when you go into a restaurant, it doesn't matter if it's dark. Um, and you could just um, create better work that you're trying to convey with lights. Because before I had natural light, LED panel, or an ice light stick that looks like a Star Wars thing. Um, but this, this was really intimidating, shooting with lights, and I wish I would have started sooner. Actually, I don't wish I started sooner because I came into the light game very recently at a great time because before it used to be like a big box, a bulb, and then uh, something you got to plug to the wall or bring a battery pack, but now it just fits in your pocket. So I came in at the right time. <laughs> and I got a boyfriend, so he carries my bag. <laughs> so uh so let's finish up uh, we, we, it was interesting when we uh, normally the the guests are a few years older than you and so when we uh, when i develop the questions they know they've had experience with the beatles and or, or the Zeppelin, rolling stones no. or anything and as we were talking she said you know not only am i younger but did did not grow up as long in this culture. So, uh, so we have a, a specially tailored Kathy Tran <laughs> top 10 short questions. Okay, and you know, how, you know how they work. So question number one, pie or cake? Pie. Number, number two, Beyonce or Britney? Um, Beyonce. Number three, Eiffel Tower or Empire State? Empire State. Number four, your dream vacation spot. Not where you want to work, where <laughs> you want a vacation. Santorini, because it looks expensive. Number five, the movie you've seen the most times. Um, oh, I can't remember. Uh, it's the hotel movie. 
Yes, the Grand Budapest Hotel. It's my favorite movie. And I don't watch movies more than one time. All right. Number six, spaghetti or cheeseburger? Oh, no. I love both. I've had spaghetti in every country I've gone to. I'm very cultured. And I have a cheeseburger collection. Um, Cheeseburgers. (laughs) They have spaghetti at the McDonald's in Vietnam. Number seven, your favorite Photoshop tool? I don't use Photoshop that much. I use Lightroom. Your favorite Lightroom tool? Um, I guess my favorite thing about that is being able to control the hue, the luminance, and the saturation. Because I think that's something um, that a lot of artists don't see immediately, and I didn't even master it until like recently. Number eight, the first vegetable that comes to your mind. French fries. <laughs> no wrong answers. <laughs> Number nine, the first Disney character that comes to mind. Mulan. (laughs) And number 10, the person, living or dead, you would most like to photograph? Um, I love Drake, Um, but for a more sophisticated answer, I'm going to say my favorite photographer, Jimmy Nelson, that I recently just discovered. He's a UK uh, photojournalist um, who shoots like African tribes and goes into all of these crazy areas that I don't think I'd make it in. Well, we will have to make a date for 20 years from now to interview you again, (laughs) because I'm sure as much of the audience as you have many, many great things and great years ahead of you. So thank you so much for your time here. Everyone help me thank Kathy Tran. Thank you. Please join us next month on April 9th here, same time, same place, for uh, the final airtime of the spring. I will be interviewing Millie Suleiman, who is a textile designer and graphic artist. So thank you all for being here. Thank you for our new guests who are just here for the movie, and thank you to all of Kathy's uh, fans and friends.